passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Hugh Freeze officially hired by the Auburn Tigers yesterday. I know there's a lot of opinions about this. Was it right? Was it wrong? Is he going to have success? And our question is, will Hugh Freeze have success at Auburn? 877-377-6963. Very comparable to Gus Malzahn if you look at his record overall as a head coach and against the Southeastern Conference, top 25 and other places too. Define success, though, because I think my definition of success in the SEC West may be different than what the Auburn fan base demands. I think if you can go in and average nine wins a year, you can average five, five and a half wins in the SEC West, particularly when you're playing Georgia every year, as Auburn does. To me, that's pretty successful. But Auburn fans think, at a much higher level than that. Chuck described it yesterday. They demand wins. They don't they don't they don't hope for wins. They they're demanded at a place like Auburn. So what is success at Auburn? I think that that's that's an even harder thing to define. I think recruiting is a big aspect to this. Brian Harson was not having success there. Coach Freeze has signed two top ten classes. Now the methods and the the ways that he went about it can be examined and have been examined, and that's something that I know a lot of you have opinions on, but that is something that a lot of Auburn fans look at as a positive. They look at the fact that he's beaten Nick Saban twice and should have beaten him really three straight times as a positive. I tend to agree with you. If I'm an Auburn fan and I'm kind of hovering around nine, ten wins a season, I think that's great. I think they will at some point get to an SEC West title under Hugh Freeze and to Atlanta. Now, we know how difficult it is to beat Alabama and beat Georgia in the same season, much less just beat one of them Oh. Any given year, and then go play LSU too. By the way, you know, you know, go play Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. You know, all of those you know are, are yearly occurrences on their schedule. So, I mean, Auburn's in a much better recruiting situation ge- geographically. 
You know, they sit close to Atlanta. They sit right there. But but you're right on the recruiting. That's where he's got to compete first because it's not just about winning the Iron Bowl. It's not just about winning 10 or 11 games. It's not just about being a threat to go to Atlanta. It, you've got – they compete for every player in the portal now. They complete, compete for every player that – if Alabama wants them, they want them more. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, does this pan out? Brian Harson never stood a chance at Auburn. He was doomed from day one. Uh, so, you know, I'm not sure Hugh Freeze is a unifying hire, as we talked about with uh, with our guest last hour, Brian Peck. I mean, is this going to really work out quickly for Brian Harson? I mean, for, uh, for Hugh Freeze, because it didn't for Brian Harson. And uh, I, I'm not totally convinced that, hey, they're going to give him three or four years to get this thing fixed. I don't think that's the situation or the expectation at all at Auburn. Andy in Mountain Home texting, he says, only Texas's fan base is more delusional than Auburn. I would say that that is probably a not a factoid, but something that a lot of people would agree with, that Auburn does have a nutso fan base. I think Hugh Freeze will have success in the transfer portal as Lane Kiffin has had, Tommy. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to be in the national championship anytime soon, but I do think that they'll be decent under his watch. It's just a matter of if it unravels, what ends up happening. That's something you have to think out, think about as well. Now, Ethan texted he said it depends on when Nick Saban retires. That's what he thinks oh, Hugh Freeze is success is contingent upon. Well, everybody thinks their program's going to win the national title like a year after Saban, Saban retires. I mean, it's just, it, it's to me almost a ludicrous thought. I mean, everybody can't get better because Nick Saban retires. Uh, and everybody acts like the Alabama program's going to fall apart. Now, maybe Auburn has the biggest boost because of where they're located inside the same state, but I'm still not totally convinced that Alabama's going to become a shell of itself uh, when when Nick Saban finally hangs it up. I think it just depends on who they hire. I think that's a that's the whole part. When you say shell of itself, most Alabama fans consider a shell of itself going that 9 or 10 route that you're talking. Oh, that they, the older ones remember what happened in the 90s, you know, the mid to late 90s. They, they remember the Mike Shula days in the early 2000s. They 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 know so um, you know but in their mind they're delusional minds as well and don't think there aren't delusional Alabama fans they they think somehow this is going to last forever and and it won't it'll come down at some point now I did find it funny Hutch had this little stat for us that Auburn has fire hired a former Arkansas State coach fired him replaced him with the former Arkansas State coach fired him and replaced him with another former. Arkansas State coach Brian Harson, Gus Malzahn, and Hugh Freeze. All three have coached in Jonesboro and now are all at Auburn. So Butch Jones is next, right? Is that is that what we can uh, surmise we can, from that? We can only hope. Well, you know, and all three of those had really good success in Jonesboro at a time where a lot of you know I say some in our state, particularly those that live in the northeast corner, would point to that program as the best football program in the state. Now we all know that's. That's a fraud. That's a foul. You know that 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 is a flawed statement. But um, there was a time where if Arkansas and Arkansas State had been playing, not that many years ago, I think a state would have won the football game. I mean, they had a better team. They certainly don't have the better program. Yeah. No, Arkansas State, I think, is a quality program, and it's a place that you can win football games. I think you just look at past coaches and you point out their success, and you say, well, they won, they won, they won, and it's just. I think it's almost obvious to this point. Now, putting them in the same category as the Arkansas Razorbacks, 
that now or something like that. I think people are a little more skeptical to do that. But as Tommy just mentioned years ago, they were more opt to do that. Yeah. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Let's talk to Sterling in Center Ridge. Sterling, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Uh, I think you pretty soon do a, a good job there. Uh, I totally agree with y'all about the, the fan base. And then I had a, I got a couple of questions for you. One containment to Arkansas and one to Auburn. Is there anybody there that could have been a uniting, a uniting hire? I think think a lot of people would have been on board with Lane Kiffin and talking with Dan, talking with some other Auburn media that I've spoken with in the last couple of days. Not to say that Hugh can't be that guy if they start winning, but I felt like there was a lot of people in Auburn that felt Lane Kiffin was their guy if they were able to get him. And, you know, you talk about Bama's downturn in in the late 90s. Uh, you know, the Bulls, people forget the Bulls did win the SEC championship in 1999. And Mike Shooter, as, as they, everybody talk about his struggles, and I'm talking about Alabama fans, this house, how they their their level is so high because of Bryant and Saban. You know, Shooter did win 10 games. And, you know, he went to the Cotton Bowl and won it. You know, he did some he did some good things, but, you know, like around here, we would, we would be like, that's a good job. But at Alabama, that's not good enough. You know, I don't think... I can't think of one coach besides the one that never got to coach a game that during his tenure he didn't have at least one season where he won 10 games. Uh, I mean, Ray Perkins won 10 games. I got to say, Shula won 10 games. The Bulls won the SEC championship. So that just says something about the program. Same way with LSU when you got Ogeron winning national championships and Les Miles winning national championships. I mean, that just tells you something. You can't do that in Arkansas. You know, you can't. It, it, it takes a Hall of Famer. To win big here, and I'm saying big, like compete for championships, like conference championships and national championships. You got to be a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And on the football yeah. front, I, I don't know if that if you could say the same case about basketball. I, I think Dave's a Hall of Fame coach, and Mus is definitely trending in the right direction in that. But I, I think those programs are, are a little different at this point in time. That it, it's separate from football. I think, in my opinion, Sterling. And one final thing, you know, you said Musk is not, you know, of course he's not a Hall of Fame coach at it right now, but, you know, on his trajectory, you know, he won a couple of national championships. I mean, I mean, then. <laughs> just a couple. Is that all? Is just that all he needs to do? Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, he already went to two and lead eight. <laughs> he as has. I don't like his, as much as I don't like his own court, the corn, I like Musman. I think he's a great coach. I like him. I just wish he could somehow tone it down and be a little bit more. For lack of a better term, presidential, even though we had a president not too long ago that wasn't very presidential. But, you know, somebody that's a little bit, I don't know what the right word to say, but I think where you get where I'm coming from. I, I mean, I'm well, not enthusiasm. I want to be the same, but I just want to keep the shirt on. Let me, I thought he you had know, it toned down last night. I mean, I didn't I didn't really yeah. notice a moment where he was just out of control last night. I thought he, he coached the game last night. I couldn't night, tell at the know? end if he was yelling at Walsh or if he was yelling at the ref. But let me ask you, Sterling something you're talking about you think he's trending in the right direction i mean would you give up the fact that your basketball coach doesn't always appear presidential if he gets your team to a final four national champ i mean do you really care that much in that case if his if his whatever if you don't like his antics but the end of the well, day I, go ahead i don't like what i don't like the other night okay. i don't care what you do i don't like the other night yeah i don't like the l sign i don't like getting into it saying 
I, I don't like that. I mean, just just tune them out. I mean, and unless they start messing with Danielle, then you can go off and go up there and we start kicking <laughs> ass. Yeah. But if they don't, if they ain't touching you, ain't bothering anybody like that. They just giving you heckling stuff. They paid I mean, to been, get He done been in the NBA. He done he done been around his whole life. He ought to be a good. Yeah. I expect him to be better. Is that what Laura they tells paid, you, they Tommy? They paid to get in the to game. To be cordial until someone comes at her, and then you can just go off. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly the, the conversation. I mean, but, but Sterling's... Thanks, Sterling. Sterling's Appreciate right. It, I mean, you know, on that, I mean, that wasn't really where we started the conversation, but, you know, last night's what it should look like, in my opinion. You know, there are moments, as I've said before, there are moments where he needs to play that card, and it's used with intent and purpose, but you can't do it every game. And it seemed like Arkansas was getting into, that bench was getting into every time you went out, there was something. You know, that that became the, the focus. And uh, it was ex, it was exuding, uh, exume, uh, consuming a lot of energy, and exuding a lot of, you know, chaos in the way it appeared over there. So, you know, coaches don't like to have to issue statements of apology. And I'm sure that did not come easy for Must to have to come to that conclusion over the weekend. Think, you think Hunter made him do that, right? That wasn't oh, I don't something know that. He, I don't know that Hunter makes him do anything, honestly. I think I mean, that's his boss. If he tells him to do something, he needs to do it. But do you think that was on his own, or do you think Hunter said, hey, and you need to put this out no publicly? I, I have no idea. I mean, Hunter was also tweeting out three blind mice during the game. That That's not a good look either for your AD. I guess we're – so we, we talked about this a little bit last week. We're in different age groups, obviously. You've got – how old are you, Forty. Six, yep. I'm 27, so you got 19 years on me. Cursing, antics, that stuff doesn't bother me. It never has. And maybe that's not the correct way to approach things. Maybe when I have a son or a daughter or something, that will be something that I change my tune about. But I've always appreciated the trash talk, the over-the-top stuff, as long as you can back it up. This basketball team has backed it up to this point. If you're going to do that, if you watch that L picture, there's a San Diego State mom, it looks like, that's flipping off Eric in the crowd. If you zoom in on it, she's literally holding up her finger, telling Eric to go bleep himself, and all Eric does is hold up the L sign. It's a great picture. It's an iconic picture. They should put it in Crystal Bridges. It's hilarious. <laughs> but some of you, which Sterling, and again, I don't I don't have a huge issue with some of you not liking that. I'm just telling you personally, that stuff doesn't bother me. As long as he wins, as long as they keep doing what they've been doing on the recruiting trail, never, and that's all you have to do is what you look at Hugh Freeze. All the baggage, all the skeletons in Hugh Freeze's closet. At the end of the day, John Cohen said, you know what? This guy wins football games. Now, that again, I don't know if that's the right approach at all. We'll see what happens. You're just a win just, at all costs. Doesn't matter how I'm you win, guys. I'm, I'm telling you that's what no, Cohen did. No, integrity's not required. I'm telling you that's what Cohen did at Auburn. Honesty's not required. I'm telling you that's what Cohen did at Auburn, and I'm telling you these antics that we've talked about, that does not bother me as much as it does some fans like, like Starlin and so. I'm just telling I mean, you how I feel. Not I, saying it's right again, or wrong. I'm just telling you how I feel. You can't let people that paid to get in the game and i know the, the proximity and we're, we're talking about a topic that's a week old now but sterling brought it up can't let people that paid 15 or 20 dollars to get in get in your head like that I, but what we also don't understand is the history between san diego state Muss, nevada all of those things this was a lot more about him and a lot less about arkansas uh once we kind of understand the the full story on that so that's water under the bridge with me i just what you can have is that become a routine Regulatory. conversation? No, I get and I don't that. think it will be moving forward. I don't think it will be at all. Are you, you can do that to Cal, though, right? You're okay with that? No. I mean, going you up you to need to. Don, <laughs> there's, a certain, there's a certain way you want your state and your program represented. 
But I thought we had. That's not what you. You don't want to be known for that. It's, it's it's a it's hold a up, foolish hold, immature hold, thought. Hold, hold up, hold up. You have talked about openly on this program that we care too much about what people think. You've said that over and over and over. Then you can't, on the other hand, say we have to have this perception from other people. We have. I'm not to worried about what I'm worried way. about. We think of ourselves. I'm worried but, about what I think of it. I'm worried about what my kids think of it. I'm worried about what fans of our own program think of it. I'm not worried about what the outside world thinks. On this one, I'm worried about what our world thinks. But there hasn't been that much. I don't think there's been that much of an outcry. Mm, I don't know. It's a conversation around our Thanksgiving table. I, again, I, I think that's playing into the idea that we care what other people think. This has always been an Arkansas versus the world mentality. Arkansas versus the refs. Arkansas versus the SEC. Arkansas Everybody's versus out to get us. Southwest Conference. Arkansas versus this. Arkansas versus that. Eric feeds into that. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He's probably been told a thousand times, you know what, your dad, Bill, he's a great coach. Your dad, Bill, this. Your dad, Bill, that. I, I think he has great respect for his late father. But that also eats at you a little bit when it's not about you. Look what that dude's done. Look what he's accomplished in just oh, three years plenty of credit, at so. Arkansas. But I think there's still a chip on his shoulder. We see it every game. We see it every stinking game. So I think that, again, it's the Arkansas. And sometimes it goes too far. Yeah, no, can't disagree with you on that. So. All right, let's get to our SEC rankings for this week. I guess these are the final regular season rankings. I guess maybe we can do it after the bowls again, but it'll probably become pretty obvious. Bruce not able to be with us this morning from Pradco. So our uh, SEC rankings, as always, brought to you by Pradco this morning. A little shakeup at the top. We had LSU uh, up there last week in the number two slot. Georgia remains at number one this week, but how far do you think we should drop LSU after an embarrassing, I mean, there's no other way to describe it, an embarrassing loss to Texas A&M? I mean, it's still a road SEC venue. Arkansas, I mean, you're talking about it, we lost to them. That's embarrassing that we lost to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, you just, and you say, well, they're better than, you had a nice, I mean, you just shouldn't have lost A&M. No, no, so I don't, there. I mean, I still have, I mean, LSU still beat Alabama. It's weird because Tennessee's being both Alabama and LSU, but mm-hmm. LSU's playing Georgia for the SEC championship. So where do you have them? I the dropped Georgia LSU one. to four okay. this week. I got Georgia at one, kind of the world returns to normal. I got Alabama at two. Okay. And I got Tennessee at three. There is no way I can put Tennessee at two with Hen and Hooker out right now. And, and you could make the case that LSU deserves to be three. They're going to the SEC title game, but they got three losses now on the year. So I, I think I've, I'm on firm footing to have Georgia one, Bama two, Tennessee three, and LSU four right now, okay. even though LSU is headed to the SEC title game. That, that's where I stand this morning with the top four in the league. Okay. Any problems with that? I think it's just tough to talk about Tennessee because they now have Joe Milton in there for Hendon Hooker, and I think we'd feel a lot differently if Hendon hadn't torn his ACL, and I would still have Tennessee firmly at number two. But because that injury has occurred, I really don't have a huge issue with you shifting things around. I'm telling you, Alabama, they are cheering. It's Utah versus USC I mean, this weekend. I, I've been talking court. about this for, what, three weeks now? The, the back door they could slip into if all these things line. I don't know if it's all going to line up, but... Nobody wants to play Bama. They should get in over Ohio State. Not even close. Ohio State yeah. got creamed by Michigan at home without their best player, Blake Corum. There is no argument for Ohio State to get in the college football playoff if USC loses and Alabama 
is just sitting there. Oh, Alabama should absolutely get over Ohio State. All right, so who should come after LSU in the SEC rankings? Who should be well, the fifth team in this Mississippi league? State wants right. to keep them there. Mississippi State's at five. I've moved South Carolina up to six after the win over Clemson. Probably, I think if you just look at the teams following them, I think they beat them all. And some of these regular season results may not have worked out that way, but I think where we're at right now and the the way that South Carolina, they were down, what, 14 to nothing in that game and then come back and there were some special teams turnovers and some big plays in that game that led to their opportunity to win, but they seized the moment. I got South Carolina at six. Kentucky, with their win over Louisville, is going to, to, to remain in that spot ahead of some of the other teams at seven this week. Ole Miss at eight. Even though they lost in the Egg Bowl, you know, I think we still think Ole Miss is, is better than the teams behind them, okay. including Missouri now at nine. They have, they've been the hottest team moving up because it wasn't that many months ago, that many weeks ago, we had Missouri as the number 14 team in this conference. They have turned it on in the second half of the season. Missouri's at nine. I got Arkansas at 10. Florida at 11. Auburn at 12. A&M up from 14 to 13 after they went over LSU. I don't think you can really put them any higher than that with their record. And Vanderbilt back where they belong, yeah. number 14. They got dismantled by Tennessee. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really have an issue with where you had. South Carolina now finishes 8-4 and four in the regular season with a huge win against their arch rival, Clemson. That's probably the team. Now, initially, I didn't think that was a good win. I think you can put that into the good win category for your football program based on the way the Gamecocks have finished. I know they weren't the same team at, at week number two at that point than they are now. But that's a good win for your football program. Now, I don't really out. I really don't have an issue with this list, Tommy. Uh, B. Ian Clarksville says I got Missouri way too high. I mean, based on the way they played, and I kind of look at that, who would beat who? You think Georgia beat Bama right now? I do, but I think Bama would beat Tennessee or LSU right now. Well, I told you that I think if Alabama plays Georgia, they'll Crimson Tide will win that game. I've said that. I, there's I've no said way that you can weeks. not put Georgia. No, no, one. no question. There's, there's I, no way I can sit here and have no. a, a legitimate conversation, but even with myself about it. Kirby Smart and company, they don't want to see Alabama in that four spot. They, I mean, I think South Carolina right now could beat a lot of teams in the SEC with the way they've been playing. You think, if you're as a Razorback fan, do you want to play them again right now? I mean, if if you could play them in a bowl game, is that the team you'd like to play? I don't think you want to play South Carolina right now. You're lucky to have gotten that win when you got it early in September. So, I mean, South Carolina has found ways to win, and Rattler's kind of coming to his own there right now. So, you know, I don't have a pri- – I mean, we can all disagree on them, but I think Missouri, with the way they have played, and that was the, the one B.E. raised his hand on. I think with the way Missouri's played, they they deserve to be not in the bottom four or five of the league, that's for sure. And I don't know how they can be behind Arkansas when they just beat Arkansas. I don't think they're better than Ole Miss or Kentucky or South Carolina right now either. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
Nick Smith Jr. playing his first regular season game last night as an Arkansas Razorback. Here is coach on his performance. Really anxious to, to play, and we're really anxious to have him play. And I knew the first game, it's not an easy situation for a player. I mean, you're talking about both teams being six, seven games in while a player has been slowly progressing. So the crowd gives him somewhat of a standing ovation or whatever because they're excited for him. It's, it's not an easy situation for a young man to be in. So now game one's out of the way. How long does it take before he's starting and playing the minutes that we expect him to play the rest of the way? Whenever he decides to. I mean, you know, whenever, I guess when the doctors and everybody signs really up, anxious it, to to play when it, when all when all of that does, but pretty much when they clear him, he says he's ready and he in the starting lineup like that game. I mean, I guess there's some condition. That first shot he took, wolf, oh, man, it looked like me shooting it. Nick, Nick's favorite, my favorite thing to watch from Nick is when you see him make a mistake. This is <laughs> a guy a that rust to work on. Yeah, this is a guy that's such a perfectionist. He he does the same <laughs> thing I do on a basketball court. He claps his hands in anger. I mean, that's something I, I've noticed him, even in practice. This guy made, like, I, I watched this kid make nine straight three-pointers in this drill, and he misses one. I'm talking about it, it rimmed out, toilet bowl rimmed out, and you, you would think he missed, like, 15 straight shots the way he reacted. He is such a perfectionist on the basketball court in everything he does. And so I can't wait to see what he is for this Arkansas team this well, season. I don't know how many games. I mean, is it conference play? Do we see him as a full-time well, starter? Well, Are you think it's earlier? I hope, so. I hope it's before then. I mean, I think you've got to get the flow and the rhythm. you got to get him back into it. I guess, you know, he plays six minutes. All right, now you get you get up this morning. How's the knee feel? And then you maybe, you know, Saturday you play 20 minutes. I don't know. I'm just pulling numbers out. But it seems to me like you'd ramp this thing up. But I'm sure there's some there's some game conditioning he's got to get back into. Must talked uh, earlier about you know being in elite condition in conference play. He's got some work to do, I would imagine, just trying to to get back to game type condition. And you can work out, you can do all these things, but there's there's a difference in that and and, and just playing and doing all the practicing and everything they do at full speed that. They get you there. He's he probably got a little work to do in that regard. If you remember from the summer, Nick was the guy that led this team in the mile and how fast he actually did it. I think it was like five minutes and something. He was flying. It was unbelievable how much he was moving. It's probably going to take him a little bit before he's number one in conditioning again. But again, this guy that wants to win in a lot of different things. Now, Bell and Fayetteville texting during the break about asking about Devontae Davis if there was an update. Coach didn't elaborate that on last night when Bob asked him that question. We just know he's taking uh, some time away from basketball and that they're fully supportive in this process. Anthony Black has been named the co-SEC freshman of the week after his back-to-back 26-point performances in Maui. The freshman has been awesome. Even last night, 14 points. Eight rebounds, couple assists, couple uh, steals and blocks. I mean, he's a guy, again, I was talking about earlier, he's going to fill up the stat sheet each and every game. Barry Odom, according to Brandon Marcellos and and Bruce Feldman, is being mentioned for the Tulsa job. I thought that was kind of interesting. There, at least, you know, sometimes media members just kind of throw together a collective list, maybe who they think would be a good candidate. Maybe it's someone they've actually talked with in the university itself, who they're going after. But at least he was mentioned by several different writers yesterday. I mean, I don't, I can't answer. No, none of us can answer for Barry Odom. That doesn't seem like the kind of job he'd leave, you know, a $2 million coordinator job for. I don't know what Tulsa can pay, but we know Arkansas is paying him 
are, you know, just short of two million bucks. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem like the uh, the leap I would want to make uh, if I'm in his shoes. But only he only he can answer that. It's back in his home state, but it's not far from where he's at. Tulsa just doesn't feel like that. That's where it's at. It, being the defensive coordinator at Arkansas is a better gig than being the head coach at Tulsa. Yeah. Last thing here, a couple more transfer portal news. We know Miles Slusher's already entered. We know Jaden Hazelwood officially declared for the NFL draft. We also know Malik Hornsby, Ja'Cory Turner, and Aaron Outley have also hit the portal as well. You better keep a list. (laughs) Just better better keep you a little spreadsheet or something over there on – all these names, because I'm gonna tell you over the next few days, I think it, you know, the list grows and it's going. Now, did this guy? I mean, we're going. I'm, it's going to take some organization to keep up with Spreading. all the, the shuffling, and then you'll have to have another tab to keep up with the inbound players that are coming out of the portal. So the next few weeks it'll be hectic in that's, that regard. That's gonna do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mister Sparky. <laughs> Sparky. Now, I was unaware that 20 years ago today, until Tommy brought this up during the break, this play happened. The line of scrimmage, the 31-yard line of LSU. There's the snap. Jones looking. Jones now throwing to the end zone, and it is... A ball game. Come from behind to beat LSU 21 20. Is it right bomb, folks? To the Western Division Championship for Houston Nut and Arkansas. It's pretty insane. Now, if I remember this co- timeline, correct me. Again, I'm seven, so I might be a little off. This was the first LSU game after my mom passed. We had just gotten back from New York, spent First ever Thanksgiving on the road in New York, which was a really cool experience. Got to do the whole Thanksgiving Day Parade. The same game, we had an Arkansas fan give my father, my brother, and myself free tickets in an incredible vantage point. We're literally in the back of the end zone where Mm -hmm. DeCorey caught that football. And I've heard, I've talked with Matt about this. Apparently DeCorey is just a... He's just a dude in everything he does. He's he, he won like police officer of the year in Texas or something, huh. uh, which I thought was awesome. So apparently this guy's not only had great success at Arkansas on the field, but off the field, he's just an out, outstanding human being as well. But that is a play that will be forever etched in time when it comes to Razorback football. Yeah, I mean, because of what it meant, you know, obviously it won you the game. But, you know, that game wasn't well played, wasn't, wasn't a lot of fun. Arkansas won that game 21 to 20. If you remember, they a gross they, football game. If you remember, they had a penalty after the celebration of that catch by Birmingham, had to back up. And was that Balsero? Then I, I don't remember. O two, But, um, mm. you know, they had to make a lengthy point after to, to not go to overtime. Uh, it was 21 20, obviously, the final. But, Put you in the the title game and that was your, you know got you a nine win season. So now you know a lot of people mark time uh, in football programs with games like that and ends like and endings like that. And that's one of the reasons Matt is uh, still so cherished by Razorback fans was, was was that play and many others. But I think that's the number one Matt Jones play, and it was twenty years ago today. It was awesome. And if you remember that same year, Alabama was actually on probation. That's why they weren't eligible to go to the SEC championship. That decided it between Arkansas and LSU. Both teams 8-3 and three at the time. And that play single-handedly pushed you through onto Atlanta. What, what's the phrase? 
Jones to Birmingham to Atlanta. I think that's what Chuck has uttered once or twice on this program before. Yeah. Yeah, it was special. Then you got pounced by David Pollock and George Hunt. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Going to go to the phone lines. Welcome in Dan Peck, ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Now, Tommy, he's an afternoon guy. Dan, when is the last time you've been up this early to do radio? Well, well I've, I've been up this early, but it's usually from the night before, you know, mm. going back to like Sky Bar Halloween and stuff. You're, you're, you know, you may, maybe you remember Ty, but like, uh, uh, you know, no, it's, it's anything for you guys. Happy to do it, especially on a, on a big day. Uh, here in uh, here in Auburn. Well, thanks for being so convincing. So, <laughs> so hey, uh, Hugh Freeze, is this a unifying hire? I, I've sure seen you know takes on both sides of it uh, in just the initial hours of the announcement of him coming to the Plains. What what's your read on the fan base and the reaction from Hugh Freeze being announced head coach? I mean, it doesn't feel like solidarity necessarily. That that's not to say that it's going to be so turbulent that it dooms Hugh Freeze from the start. Uh, but, but no, I think this has been more controversial. I mean, it, on Saturday, it seemed like maybe the outcry had convinced Auburn to back off of Hugh Freeze, and then Auburn ends up hiring him anyway on, uh, on Monday. So, so no, I think it's, uh, it's not a unifying hire. It could still, it could still become one. Uh, if if Hugh Freeze wins enough, and I guess the, the assumption is the the risk will be worth the uh, the the reward will be worth the risk uh, because uh, Hugh Freeze will win enough that everybody will fall in line. But at the moment, no, I I don't know. I would I don't know if I would call it a unifying hire. Dan, how much did Freeze beating Nick Saban back back seasons, almost beat him three straight times, have to do with this hire? I think it's it's one of the it's one of the more prominent things on the list of pros that you get with uh, with Hugh Freeze. I think the way he recruited uh, when he got to Ole Miss uh, was something that was that was considered in this hire as a as a benefit. The fact that Hugh Freeze has put together uh, flashy big time recruiting classes. Now there's an asterisk when you talk about Hugh Freeze as a recruiter because those same recruiting classes were a big reason why he got in trouble uh, with the NCAA uh, during his time as the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. But no, I would think that his ability uh, to go heads up against the best coaches in the SEC West when he was at Ole Miss and and win some games that Ole Miss doesn't historically win, coupled with the notion that Hugh Freeze has in his career been able to get big-time talent to play for him at places where, you know, big time talent doesn't often decide to go play college football. You know, that, that, I think those are uh, big, big reasons why Hugh Freeze is Auburn's coach today. Dan, my favorite 
dynamic backfield ever is Darren McFadden and Felix Jones for obvious reasons. But I really did watch and enjoy Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown back in the day. And Cadillac seems to have kind of brought something to that team the last couple of games. It's, it sure seems like that he's staying on board based on the reports that I've seen. How important is it for Freeze to keep him on staff to kind of have that Auburn guy in-house? Yeah, it seems like the first confirmation we got yesterday that Cadillac Williams was back in the fold was a tweet from Bruce Pearl, oddly enough, congratulating Hugh Freeze on the job that mentioned that he was excited to keep working with Cadillac Williams. Cadillac confirmed it himself on social media uh, sometime later, uh, but it was actually Bruce Pearl with the scoop there uh, that Cadillac was going to uh, uh, to stick around Auburn. No, I think that's a big, uh, it, it's a big retention. Uh, for Hugh Freeze, a big hold uh, for uh, for Hugh Freeze in his effort to get everybody in line, in his in his uh, efforts to, to to get solidarity uh, within the Auburn uh, fan base. Alignment was a buzzword that we heard a lot during the Brian Harson era, and yeah, Cadillac Williams is uh, he's widely respected, especially after the way the team came together following Brian Harson's uh, termination. The, the, the way that, th- that this team was able to uh, show some fight and some spirit in the final month of the season when, you know, it, and, and, and it reminded the fan base, too. I mean, I think it was a big moment uh, for uh, for Auburn to have, you know, Cadillac Williams sort of bring folks back together. And to have him on the staff, I do think, is something that Hugh Freeze can point to, not just for his own locker room. You know, it might, con- it might convince some guys not to, to jump into the portal, uh, but also, you know, it, it could be a a boost, like we were just saying, to recruiting, which is you know so vitally important for Hugh Freeze and, and a big reason why he got the job. Dan Peck, afternoon is ESPN 106.7 in Auburn with us here this morning. Tell us about John Cohen. Comes over from Mississippi State, been there a few weeks, obviously was brought in to make this hire. What's the early reviews on the new athletic director on the Plains? Well, it, it's hard to talk about this hire without talking about Lane Kiffin, right? Because that was sort of the guy from the moment. I mean, if you go back to the Penn State game early in the season and Auburn's getting run out of Jordan-Hare Stadium, I mean, from that moment on, Lane Kiffin to Auburn became one of the storylines of the of the season. He was the popular choice to replace Brian Harson all along. Uh, Ole Miss had been hearing Auburn chants at games the last couple of weeks, as I'm sure you guys are uh, are, are familiar. So, I mean, this, this thing, it, it spiraled into something more than your average, you know, coaching search for, for a, a Power 5 program, you know, because I, I don't know, just, and Lane Kiffin had a decision to make, and ultimately, uh, whatever factors were at play, you know, I, I choose, you know, part of me wonders how serious Lane Kiffin's interest in Auburn was ever. You know, and if he just wanted to use Auburn to get a better uh, deal or the best possible deal for himself at Ole Miss, another part of me thinks Lane Kiffin would have been very interested in the uh, in in his ability to you know in in his ability to get Auburn on the same page and win big at that program. And the fact that Lane Kiffin isn't the coach at Auburn right now, and it's Hugh Freeze instead, you know that's. You know, that, that's something that a big chunk of the Auburn fan base isn't thrilled about. And I don't know how much of that is, you know, is, is blamed on John Cohen and how much of it is just, you know, chalked up to, 
well, someone's got to win and someone's got to lose when a coach is choosing between staying or going. Uh, but it's, uh, this is the, by far the, the most, I mean, the hiring of Hugh Freeze is by far the most prominent thing that John Cohen has done in his few weeks on the job. And, I mean, I think how you view John Cohen depends on how you view the decision to hire uh, Hugh Freeze. And if the jury's, you know, if the jury's still out, mm-hmm. um, they'll, they'll be ready to return a verdict once, once Auburn has played some football games with Hugh Freeze at the helm. Yeah, his, his future's in Hugh Freeze's hands because it certainly doesn't feel like he got his guy, at least from the outside, looking in. What's the NIL situation there? Because I'm sure that was a huge point of conversation with any coach you're going to talk about about any opening at this level is what kind of money they have to work with with their collective or however it's set up at, at each university. How is Auburn set up moving forward uh, for NIL money and, and using that for coaches to go out and get players? You know, it's, it seems like in the aftermath of Brian Harson's termination uh, that the NIL, the, the official Auburn NIL collective uh, has started to pick up steam and gain visibility, not just you know, I, not, not just making you know announcements around campus and on social media, but you're actually seeing more of a presence you know in the last month or so at Auburn University sporting events. So there's there's reason to believe that uh, that, that you're starting to see uh, the, the and, and and there were some Auburn players last year that had the opportunity to leave and decided to stick around. So I think there's always been some. Uh, you know, some NIL effort uh, since the uh, since the legalization of the uh, of, of of the practice, but I would imagine that Hugh Freeze understands more than uh, more than Auburn's previous coach the importance of landing players via NIL, or, or the importance of having a competitive NIL operation if you're going to land the kind of players that Auburn needs, and and that's something that I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, we're, it seems to be picking up steam is sort of the short answer there. Uh, but, but I think uh, with Auburn opening a brand new football complex, in fact, that football complex will host Hugh Freeze's press conference in about four hours. Uh, but between the football complex and the NIL operation uh, gaining some steam, you know, there is, there is some hope that Hugh Freeze could uh, recruit the, the way he's going to have to to sort of justify his employment. Dan, we're a long ways off from the 2023 season, but based on the coaches that we have in front of us, based on the SEC West representative having now two SEC losses, how competitive do you think this division is going to be next year? Well, within the division, I mean, I think there's still going to be a battle. You know, there are probably going to be five or six teams that think they can take down uh, Alabama, who I think you would imagine is the is the favorite going in. Although you know, it's so hard to it's so hard to look ahead to next year now because every player in college football has a decision to make when the season's over about what they want to do next season, and drastic changes are possible between now and just the start of next year. So I would imagine that everyone in the SEC West looks like you know is, is looking at next season and thinking we've got a shot. You know, I, I it's. Uh, you know, it's it's probably going to be Alabama's division, you know, in in the preseason, uh, but but there are uh, you know there are programs uh, that are certainly willing to uh, to step up and say they're they're the ones to change that. Dan, before we let you go, you brought up Bruce Pearl. That game, that rematch that we saw, which was a great game last year, where Arkansas up, upset the number one team in the country. 
It's in the jungle this year. The Razorbacks should have a really salty team, a team that could win the SEC West, or SEC overall. How excited are Auburn basketball fans to get a shot and get a crack at the Razorbacks this season? Oh, I think I think Auburn fans are looking forward to the to the beginning of SEC play, and it just so happens that Arkansas is one of Auburn's. I believe Arkansas is the the second game uh, in SEC play for Auburn. It's right before the uh, it's right before the students uh, begin the spring semester, and no, I think there's going to be it, it's going to be electric uh, for uh, for Auburn and Arkansas. This, this conference looks to be at the top as good as I can ever remember. Uh, the SEC uh, between uh, Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee, and the team that Coach Musselman has. I watched uh, I watched Scott Cross and the Troy Trojans uh, play a, a competitive game at Bud Walton last night against uh, against the Arkansas Razorbacks there. But but it's uh, no, I, I think the SEC is. I mean, it, it is a really compelling league this year, in part because you've got so many teams that look like they're good enough to win the league and, and maybe make some noise in the postseason. Dan, we'll leave it there this morning again. Appreciate waking up early with us. Enjoy the press conference later today. I'm sure there won't be any nonsense associated with it whatsoever. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that it'll be handled responsibly by all parties and there will be nothing to discuss uh, afterward. No, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a, uh, it's a big moment for Hugh Freeze uh, to sell himself to some of the more skeptical corners of the Auburn fan base, and I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Skeptical Auburn fans? Huh? Is this breaking news? I, I didn't know there were such things. I mean, there's. I'm not saying that the whole – I don't want to speak for everyone. There, there, there are some people that are maybe wondering if the, uh, if the risk – if the reward is indeed worth the risk. All right. We'll have to see. Well, Dan, we appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Talk to you guys again soon. Good stuff from Dan Peck, ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. First thought I had, uh, just, you know, with the announcement of Hugh Freeze there, probably a good thing for Arkansas that you're getting Auburn at home for for next season because it probably gives you a a better chance, you would assume, of beating Hugh Freeze in year one than versus going there because that's always going to be a toss-up game. And Auburn may earn the edge in that series again because they've had it over the last decade because Arkansas hasn't been up to the level. But that, that feels still like a game you can win, you should win, particularly at home. And probably in year one for Freeze, you're glad to have that game uh, in the state of Arkansas and not down on the plains. Hey, don't just survive the holidays, but thrive with Burton Pools and Spas and treat yourself to a new hot tub, a hot spring spa. From Burton Pools and Spas, it's the absolute best to soak away the stress, to relax, my kids were out enjoying it with their their friends last time when I got home right before the ball game. They were, you know, getting in the hot tub and, and you know, because they miss swimming this time of year. So the hot tub becomes the pool for the kids. You can find one that can accommodate the neighborhood or just accommodate you and two or three others. They have them all at Burton Pools and Spas. In fact, go to BurtonPools.com and you can see the full selection online. They've got 80 different hot tubs in stock ready to deliver right now with prices starting at $34.99 and payments as low as $47 a month. Burton Pools and Spas, Springdale and Fort Smith and online at burtonpools.com. Dylan might be popular with the young ladies once he gets to high school with that hot tub. You might want to well, keep it. makes you think he's not already popular with the ladies. You're, you're letting so. him bring young ladies over already. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, we do a lot of that in seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's why I was bringing up Jeez. high school. That's that's why I said high school, not middle um, school. Big yeah. difference on that. Now, Tyler brings up Tommy. We had Liberty at home, and that didn't mean anything. 
at Hugh Freeze at home this year. And it okay, I'm, my point is... No, I agree, I agree with you. Would you, you rather play Hugh Freeze there or in your place here? I mean, I'm, I know we're stating the obvious, but you would presume... You know, some of this is, it's not, this is not high-hanging fruit. This is low-hanging fruit. You would presume you'd have a better chance in his first year when he's getting yeah. his feet under him, still getting his roster set, his staff set, all these things, everybody in place. You would presume that having that game at home year one might be a a better chance to, to get off to the right foot in that series. And I would think that Hugh Freeze is probably going to have some success in the portal. This is going to be very difficult for Arkansas and Sam Pittman based on Lane Kiffin, you freeze some of the other coaches you have to go up against in the portal and additionally just to recruiting every single week. This is not an easy division. We know that. And it got more difficult as of yesterday. Let's talk a little transfer portal on that subject. Denison Springdale brings up he doesn't like it, how it's so easy for a young man to quit on his team. Well, the idea, at least what I thought was, Hey, a kid comes into a program, his coach that was recruiting him got fired, position coach, whatever the case may be, he's going to decide to transfer out. I don't know how the portal was intended. How did you view the transfer portal being intended relative to how it's being used and utilized today? Well, I think just like NIL, we thought it would be one thing. It's turned into something slightly different. I think the portal's been the same way. And now those are the two things that dominate the sport, not just the sport of football. It's the same thing in basketball. I think, as Chuck has said, I want to, you know, kind of echo his thoughts. I don't think we're headed to the point where all but, you know, a handful of players on your football roster are going to change. But as he pointed out, I mean, it's obvious that, you know, you look at this basketball team, you only had two returning players. You brought in a great freshman class, but the portal was used to fill the rest of the roster. You know, Arkansas's got 23 commits. So you're going to bring in they somewhere won't. around that, you know, 20... 20-something new high school players, mm -hmm. you may end up with 40 new names on this roster next year. 40, you know, nearly half of your 85. I, that, 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 to me, I don't, it doesn't doom the sport, but it certainly means that I, a couple of things, you know, we're going to have to get used to it. I, I think this is going to be the wave, at least for, for some time in the future. And also, I think it gives coaches like you Freeze that's coming in and establishing a program, and there will be others that are, you know, in their first year, gives you a chance to turn it around much faster. You don't have to wait two, three, four. It's almost like being able to double down on your recruiting class when you could bring in. I mean, Brian Kelly ultimately had what was down to, what, 37 scholarship players? I know they had a disappointing loss to A&M, but they're playing for the SEC title on Saturday. You know, the in portal was one, a big, big part of that. Because they only had... 60 some odd scholarship players i remember seeing the stat I thought at one point they weren't they down to 37 scholarship players but then they added uh, uh, right but i mean they had to build back from mm -hmm. that point yeah. but, but without the portal that would not have been possible they would not be playing in atlanta this weekend if it was not for the transfer portal exactly jt hot springs asked the question has sam Pittman been able to bring his name up to the level of other six coaches in the sec west Hugh Freeze, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin, Brian Kelly. Who's the one I'm missing? Whoever the other one is. That you is say Leach. I don't think he's Mike Leach. Leach. That's the other one. Thank you. That is something that Sam has to overcome because he of those. See what is he seventh? He didn't mm. recruiting in high school. I don't right? know. Has Jimbo damaged his goods to the point? I mean, where's how many right now would you put Jimbo I think that's a good ahead question. of? I think he's damaged his goods. Um, Still you know, beat Arkansas, though. 
I understand, but he didn't beat very many other people this year. And, you know, this last weekend gives him a, hey, I couldn't have come at a better time for him to get an un, unexpected win than it did this past weekend. That will, you know, maybe hang on to a commit or two that might might have defected. But, you know, is Sam in the top three or four? No. I mean, you know, beyond that, does it really is there really much difference? I mean, Saban still won. I don't care what you think. Brian Kelly's got national cachet from being with Notre Dame for, for so long. Lane Kiffin's right there. I mean, those are, are one, two, three. I think one's pretty obvious. Then you can, then we can start arguing about it. Is there much difference recruiting-wise between Leach and Sam Pittman? I think it depends on what position you play. If you're a lineman, you probably have more admiration for Sam Pittman, perhaps. If you're a an offensive player, a skilled player, particularly offensive, Leach may come to mind. So, you know, I, I think I think it really doesn't matter once you get past three. I think four, five, six, seven are all about the same. B. Gene Rogers text in, and I was going to say this when you're talking, the 23 commits that you have currently right now, not signees commits, I don't think all 23 end up coming to Arkansas. Well, they I never do. I mean, I mean, how often do you hang on to every one of them until signing day? Rarely, yeah, but so I don't, that's, that's I don't know how new. many drop-ups that you're going to have at this point. I just think the way that you unfortunately ended your season being 6-6, six and six, having chances down the stretch and not converting on those, I think some players see that as they're trending in the wrong direction. Whether it's right, whether that's wrong, that's at least the perception right now. That's why I think it is important to win this bowl game. You're going to be depleted, and probably the other team, the other opponent you face is going to be depleted. But I think you do need that win to signify, hey, even though we lost to Missouri and we shouldn't have, we're going in the right direction. Yeah, but that's not going to help you with your 23s. The bowl game is going to likely yeah. come after. Now, if you play in the Vegas Bowl, that's different. Uh, uh, if you play in any other bowl game, the signing period's already done. Yeah, and so I bowl think, game's, at, you know, it's afterwards. And that was more directed at the transfer portal guys that you'll be able to. And some of these guys will have already signed on and stuff, but there will still be some that you'd like to. Because the, the portal was, how remind me how long it's open until I think you referenced it yesterday. Uh, January 18th, was okay, it December yeah. 5th or the 18th of I, January? I Basically the break in semester. It's a little before the, the semester break. But. I remember it being about a month or so. Yeah. And I think that, that, again, anything that you can do to help showing that that's where you want to go is important. Now, again, it's not going to be, I don't know, the 100% the difference between you landing someone and not, but I think it is important to end up 7-6 and six rather than 6-7. Six and seven. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. 
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, is going to join us coming up. We'll get his thoughts on the basketball game last night, transfer portal news, Hugh Freeze to Auburn, and a whole lot more in this hour of a Toyota Tuesday edition of the Morning Rush. Brought to you this morning by Brothers Roofing. Have you noticed that roofs in your neighborhood, your subdivision, are being replaced? Makes you wonder, do you have any damage done to your existing roof? Well, call Brothers Roofing. They'll come out and inspect and let you know whether or not your roof should be repaired or replaced even. In fact, Brothers got 25 years of experience from both sides of the process. He's been an insurance adjuster. He also is now in the roofing business. So he knows how to take care of you, but also maximize your insurance benefits. And Brother only uses crews that have... Uh, wealth of experience. In fact, their lead crew has nearly 20 years of experience in Northwest Arkansas, the River Valley, and beyond. Properly insured with workman's comp and, and uh, all of the insurance that makes you feel comfortable. They use only quality materials like sh- uh, the highest quality shingles, underlayment, ice and water barriers. Make sure those valleys are laid in just right. And then Brother also personally inspects every job they do at the finish of the project. Find them on Facebook or just call Brother. And he'll be on his way to inspect your roof. 479-353-3877. That's 353-3877 for Brothers Roofing. Before we get to Tom, let's talk to Charlie and Camden. Charlie, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Man, it's like before we get to Tom, we're going to talk to Charlie. It's like a, it's like a, da- it's like a letdown. Ah, it's not a, it's not a letdown. You just got to <laughs> deliver some hot takes or a quality take this morning. It's up to you whether or not it's a letdown. Deliver this. Uh, I tell you what. Um, you know, last night was a good good thing for the Razorback basketball team. I think is that the first time they send a team all year that just presses you all game, and then they drop back in that little zone that they played. I mean, I don't remember. And then also a five out offense. I mean, that was a really good test for them last night. I mean, Troy is the team that when I was watching that game, I'm going, this team is not bad. I mean. You know, and they're really experienced, and I think Pat Bradley kept talking about it, you know, during the game. So that was really good for them last night to go through that. Um, I don't know if you guys agree. I think it it needed to happen. And coming off Maui, all the things that, you know, everybody's trying to get back used to regular sleep schedule and all that. So that was good. Glad to see Nick out there. Um, Tommy, did you say he he played six minutes last night? So. I think they'll ramp him up a little bit to around, you say 20. I, I think maybe 10 to 15 the next game. Then maybe, well, I could be wrong. But I don't know. I'm just guessing. I think you got to slowly work him back and hope he's okay. And we need him, obviously. But i tell you what, Ricky Council, I think he's increased his points per game this year by seven uh, compared to last year. And it's crazy when you think about it, like the Mus, the way Mus has trusted him. He's kind of become like our closer so far. So I don't know how that'll work out with Nick coming back, but tell you what ricky's been special so i'm gonna give him some credit anyways guys y'all have a great morning thanks charlie that is going to be a huge part of this basketball team when nick comes back how does the team mesh how does ricky deal with taking less shots more plays set up for nick because as you just said i think must talked about a couple weeks ago i don't think they had intentions of running a lot of ricky 
Council, ISO, pick and roll, one-on-one situations, but the offense has kind of dictated that the way he's played. He's been unbelievable for Eric Musselman. I think his ceiling is a lot higher than we initially anticipated with him coming over from Wichita State. With Nick coming back, him getting less shots, less looks, less plays drawn, how do how does he adjust to that? Something to keep an eye on with this basketball team. Let's talk with our guy Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. Tom, we will touch on basketball a little bit later, but I want to get your thoughts on the portal guys. Malik Hornsby, Ja'Cory Turner, Aaron Outley. We saw Jaden Hazelwood enter the draft as of yesterday. Uh, as we welcome you into the show, just kind of your initial thoughts on some of the Arkansas players that have already made a statement on what they're going to do with the future of their careers. Yeah, I mean, nothing super surprising yet, to be honest. Um, the Slusher thing, pretty disappointing because he's a guy who, you know, was a big contributor and I think could have been in a strong position of even leadership, you know, next year. Uh, the Hazelwood thing, uh, thanks for the timing, Jaden. We were basically trying to wrap up all our basketball coverage last night when he <laughs> did that, and but we managed to get it in, so... Um, yeah, and you know, when you think about it, I mean, what does Drew Sanders have to gain from another game? Uh, will he play in a bowl game? We don't know, but it's kind of been on trend that these juniors who declare um, um, just aren't going to play in a bowl. So there's more to come, I'm sure. I mean, it's going to be a great transition period, a lot going out and a lot coming in, and uh, boy, it's such a, a balance. I mean, can you imagine Sam Pittman – his career as an assistant coach, you know, and a line coach, he, he deals with the things that, you know, come across his desk. And now as a head coach in rapid order, he's had COVID, he's had the transfer portal. It has been uh, nonstop, you know, issues coming at him and NIL. And, uh, but he's talked about, he's pretty open about how they try to have a plan. They go through these exit interviews and get the feel. And it's going to be a different, Razorback roster for this bowl game, um, no matter where they wind up. I want to ask you about some of these FBS openings. We brought up earlier, Barry Odom's been mentioned for the Tulsa job. I think there's 12 right now. Now, the most recent one that's been filled is by Auburn and Hugh Freeze. We'll talk about that in just a sec. But do you think mm. Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom are legitimate candidates for any of these job openings, Tom? I think they are. I mean, they're, they're guys who, you know... Look at look at the numbers on Kendall's offense. I know people complain about red zone and you know a few other issues, but his total offense numbers are right up there, very near the top of ESCC. And it's you look at his system and and you know there's logic in this RPO game and the way you run it and, and get teams start going fast and make it where they can't sub sometimes and. Uh, and I know it's been frustrating for Arkansas fans. The record be, would be a lot different, probably eight and four, if they'd been able to stuff in a couple of red zones. But man, you look, the Chiefs struggled in the red zone last weekend. Um, uh, a lot of college teams, I was tracking it because, you know, you watch the Arkansas game while another red zone stop, you know, where well, they managed to kick a field goal. But, uh, this, this has been a pattern for the Razorbacks. Well, a lot of the games I watch, Ole Miss had trouble in the red zone. Mississippi State fumbled one on the two when they thought they were about to go in. So, anyway, um, yeah, I think 
you know, Barry Odom has been a head coach. Um, you know, if people look at straight total defense numbers from the last couple of years, it's not super impressive, but uh, some of the schemes he's come up with have been game-winning schemes. So I don't know how it will all shake out, but I'm sure there's going to be, you know, a little bit of transition on the coaching staff as well. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think it's going to be hectic just keeping up with all the roster change, uh, both personnel-wise, staff-wise, uh, and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that, We'll find out Sunday where the Hogs will go to a bowl. You know, Memphis, Houston, you know, Las Vegas. It, you know, those seem to be the, the three hot locales of, of conversation right now. Uh, yeah. My question is, who's going to be there to play the game? I mean, you start to see all these guys into the portal. You know you're going to have some opt-outs. A guy like Drew Sanders. We spoke of Hazelwood earlier. Tom, how much stock can we put into a win or a loss in a bowl game when Arkansas may be down to, like, a, a spring game roster when uh when we get there you yeah you're absolutely right and i just it, it's the changing nature of the game and, and i spoke about all the issues well nowadays bowls i mean it's nice to get the bowl swag and to go there and and you know be wine and dine basically by the bowl committee and go out and have fun things together as your team but then when players prioritize you know, Jaden Hazelwood clearly felt it's better to begin working out and all that as opposed to, to risking injury or whatever in a bowl game. So uh, I felt badly for Penn State, Penn State last year because so many of their key guys were out. And, you know, Arkansas had KJ, and it took them a while to get going. They trailed at the halftime, but they wore Penn State down. And so um, whatever roster we see, the composition of that for this bowl game, uh, I think the Razorback coaches are going to have to, you know, tweak some things. And we're going to see guys playing that maybe we haven't seen a lot of this year and uh, start getting a glance toward the next season. I mean, guys like Isaiah Satania, they saved back a game for them to, to be able to play in this bowl game. And that's what coaches have to do any, anymore these days. Yeah. You know, we've had several questions, uh, you know, th- I think it's been mainly just rumblings uh, on social media and fan talk about KJ, but now with Malik Hornsby uh, declaring his intentions, it sure makes that quarterback room and the health of your starting quarterback and assuming he'll play in a bowl game paramount. What what do you think uh, will kind of be the look of Arkansas at quarterback in wherever they land in the postseason? Yeah, um, well, I'm sure Arkansas fans are uh, on tenterhooks waiting to hear you know, anything from KJ and obviously he's, he's got to, to weigh, I mean, surely he thought that after his redshirt junior year, would he be in position to declare for the draft? I don't know that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, there were scouts at the game, um, and have been scouts at games and I know they're looking at full rosters, but quarterback's such a big position. I don't see him as being a first, second round pick or anything like that. Um, but he's a guy who you can see fits the kind of the modern mold, you know, a hard to bring down dual threat guy um, that you can continue to, you know, mature. And I, I think he'll have a chance on the professional level. So this is something he's got to weigh. And um, if he declares for the draft, uh, I don't, I don't see him playing in the bowl, but um, uh, Razorback fans um, really would like to see KJ to improve their odds of winning a, a bowl game. You brought up the fans, Tom. Let me ask you this. If Arkansas has 20-some-odd opt-outs and, and combined with the portal guys, I'm going to combine those mm-hmm. two. And KJ, mm-hmm. you don't know if he's going to play or not. 
And you're asking fans who've already spent a good chunk on money on parking, donations, season tickets, and whatnot, to make another trip to Memphis, Houston, Vegas, whatever the case may be, to maybe watch a team that isn't going to be even at full strength based on a number of different factors. Is that fair to the fans to ask them to do that? Is that fair, Tom? Well, I mean, this is just the nature of the game now. And I think fans have to understand and realize that uh, these players, you know, you know, NIL comes into this, and at some point will NIL contract call for them to play a full season? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we've heard about talk of unionizing and things like that. Well, at some point, if you do that, then there's like some kind of obligation or requirement from the uh, player's perspective. So I don't know. It's it's uh, it's an interesting and should be much studied facet of the game moving forward. Uh, but I, I mean, fans fans have to understand. Players now are looking to maximize their earning opportunities, uh, their health, and all those kind of things. And I know you play a 12 game season, and your health is in question the whole way through. Um, but I think it's when you get to so late in the season um, that players are a little bit more watchful of, you know, getting hurt in that one game. And uh, after, you know, a, a different a different style of practice. It's, the practices are a little bit different nowadays going into the bowls. And uh, I don't know. It's just a it's just a changing part of the game that fans have to realize is, is part of it. Outside of the college football playoff and the New Year's Six Bowl, do you think because of that we're going to see a number of different bowl attendances diminish over the years as we continue to see this progress? Yeah, I, I do think that the bowls, the, the new reality is that, that bowls are in, in some ways um, getting, you know, less magnified and, and so many rosters are going to be different. I mean, uh, just in the last few years, we've seen it being from just a few stu- superstar guys that might opt out to, you know, pretty decent numbers like Penn State. I mean, some of those guys who opted out in the bowl didn't, didn't get drafted and things like that. So, I don't know. It's um, The whole structure of college football has, has gone through some seismic changes in recent years. And um, what bowls look like and, you know, maybe even possibly the number of bowls moving forward uh, will have to be reexamined. I just wonder amongst the players, it's hard to think like they do, but you know, is there a mindset that, hey, you're not a really good player unless you opt out? That, that's how you know they're a good player because they <laughs> opt out. I mean, I wonder if there's that mindset or that kind of peer pressure. Well, you got to opt out because that means I'm a good player. Well, I, it's part of the game today, and I, yeah. I'm sure there are some guys who do think that way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, as I was just listening to you talk about it, I, I can just imagine kind of the locker room pressure that, oh, well, you're too good, you need to opt out, and that just becomes uh, – you know, kind of the, the talk amongst them. Hey, let's talk about this basketball game last night. Uh, 74-61, the final, but that doesn't really tell the story. Arkansas only led 15 minutes and 32 seconds of this game. Tom, it was a tussle to the last four, and what I thought the biggest play of the game was was Ricky Council hits that bomb of a three as the shot clock expires. That sparked an Arkansas run that sealed the win. Man, it was a fun game, and uh, the Razorbacks have to understand, you know, when you're ranked like this, people are coming at you. Troy is a veteran team. They were 6-1. and one. They were scoring 86 points a game. Arkansas held them to 61. Uh, they uh, had some injuries in the game. I know a kid fell and probably has a concussion, hit his head um, on another council drive in the first half. 
But I just think that Arkansas had to rise to the challenge and, 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 and find ways to be creative offensively when they got the zone looks from Troy. And their coach, Scott Cross, he called that a 40-footer, by the way. Like That, that was just a dagger for us. Yeah. Uh, it was the end of a shot clock. Arkansas was up by one, yep. and so that puts them up by four. Uh, they hung in there. I mean, they were eight of 20 at one point from three-point range and really making the Razorbacks work. Um, but I like that they have to find little wrinkles during the course of games. And, of course, when it came down to it, they just set Council up for one-on-ones. And, man, he delivered. He has a great, you know, burst to get in the lane. And then he has a great uh, aptitude for hanging. And, and he had some finger rolls and all kind of double-clutch. Uh, shots that went in. I mean, he, I think he made five or six going down the stretch. So, um, nice, nice, uh, post Maui, you know, had to kind of wake up from you know, the hangover of Maui to, to win that one. So, you know, I, I think it was just good for their, their makeup that they had to do with that. Tom, we'll leave it there. Appreciate you joining us. We'll talk a little more on Thursday, preview hopefully some Arkansas basketball this weekend. We'll see what other portal news we get out of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Talk to have, y'all, have fun living on Twitter. That's what we're all doing for the next little bit, waiting on the next big Twitter announcement. Hey, we're brought to you by the Inn at the Mill, exit 69 in Johnson, right off I-49. If you're looking for a place to stay in northwest Arkansas, or you got family coming in during the holiday season looking for a place for them to stay, we would highly recommend the Inn at the Mill. If you're a business traveler, you're a um, someone that, that is on the road quite a bit, you happy with where you're staying when you go to Northwest Arkansas? Maybe you're a fan like us and you go to a lot of games. You like where you're staying? How about a, a great place at the end of the mill? Ty and I love staying there. It's unique. Uh, it's different. It's quiet. Big rooms. Spacious. Clean. Great staff that give you the personal touch. So whether you're headed up to the Amp for a concert or Crystal Bridges or a shopping trip or to see the lights or you're going to a game at Bud Walton Arena, the Inn at the Mill is the place to stay. 479-443-1800. they got a great breakfast every morning, snacks in the evening. Uh, and, again, you're going to love it as far as the workspace. If you're a traveling uh, businessman or business person that, that needs the, the room to spread out, great Wi-Fi, which is required basically anywhere you go anymore, you're going to like what you see at the Inn at the Mill. And no two-night minimums for basketball games either. 479-443-1800. That's 443-1800, or look online at nathemill.com. I know Matt Jones is really excited. The United States plays Iran coming up at 1. Tommy, are you going to watch any of this game? If they win, they advance into the knockout stage of the World Cup. If they lose, they're gone so. It's always a good day to beat Iran, probably in about anything. But uh, I don't know if I'll have time at 1 o'clock, so I'll probably just uh, depend on you to tell me about watch it. Watch the highlights or yeah. whatever. Have you watched any... U.S. soccer nope. since the World Cup is coming I on? haven't yet. Even haven't yet. Not, and you know what? Not four years. I guess eight years ago, I mean, I was like all in on this stuff. But I guess, you know, soccer's been down and there's not been – I mean, that's the thing. They haven't been able to draw the not even casual fan like me. I'm not even a casual fan. Well, they do I mean, but at, always root for USA in anything. So, I mean, I pay attention, but I'm not going to play them a day around. Will it. they draw you in if they advance – like if yeah. they get to the round of 16, yeah. that'll push you to the point where you'll actually start watching them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I was kind of curious about that because you and I, you're to soccer what I am to golf. I'll watch it if it's intriguing. If Tiger, by the way, for all you golf fans out there, I did see Tiger's not playing in the Hero World Challenge. Where is that? 
I believe it's in the Bahamas. He's more in the Caribbean islands okay. down there. I did say he's got the He plantar. hosts that tournament usually. Oh, did yeah. he's got that plantar fasciitis in his foot, so he's not going to be able to play this weekend, which is a bummer. But I, I, I to golf, are what you are to soccer. Casual, very... I'm not going to watch unless there's something big going on. I would say you're this even is less. as big as it gets in soccer. Yeah, so. and I'd say that that degree is even less for you. So hopefully, I mean, I mean, but do you really think? I mean, no one really believes. Even the hardest of core soccer fans believe the American team has a chance to to make a lot of noise in the World Cup. It'd that. be a victory to get to the round of yeah. 16, right? Or you've, the the knockout rule. If I'm saying it wrong, correct me. You've seen the movie Miracle, though, right? That team didn't look like it was going to have a chance to beat the soccer USSR, I, yeah. and yet they ended up winning the, the gold yeah, medal. Yeah. It's just we'll about see. belief, the red, wine, blue, oh, yeah. man. Belief is all you need. Talent's, talent's optional. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.